Our scripture today is found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 13. It's page 811 in the Pew Bible. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity again to be here with brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, we thank you for the music that we just heard and uh, just the privilege to worship you. Uh, we thank you for your word and for the one who is going to speak your word to us. Uh, we pray your blessing on the reading and the preaching of your word. Help us uh, to hear uh, what you would have us to, to hear this morning and, and that your spirit would just take it and apply it to our lives. All for Christ's glory, for it's in his name we pray. Amen. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward, but when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in, who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, how will be your name? Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The word of the God for the people of God. We've been looking at um, different aspects of prayer. We've looked at how uh, we need to think about who God is when we pray, to, to bring to mind um, the nature of the one to whom we pray, of God's goodness, of God's power. We've looked at ourselves and how we need to keep in mind that we are limited and that we're sinful, but yet we are also children of the Most High God, and how that should shape the way we approach prayer. I wanted to take this morning to look at the subjects what we pray, that we pray for. What are the topics of our prayer? And, you know, I think if um, um, we take the average person's prayer based on most of my conversations and based on the inclination of my own heart, most often those are the most immediate needs, the, the things closest to my heart of, of what my um, concerns are. We, we, we pray for those we love who are sick. We pray for those who are doing things that make us nervous, like moving off to California for a bit. You know, you're going to be praying a little bit more for her. We, we you know, if you um, have had a, um, a child that's sick, you probably have prayed more fervently for that um, than anything else in your life. Or other worries and needs. In other words, we, we're very good at praying for um, healing and difficult situations and care. And we absolutely ought to pray for those. We ought to be praying uh, fervently for those needs. Um, those are kind of all under when Jesus says to pray that we would have this day our daily bread is the understanding of God providing the things that we need for in life. And so if we pray for God to give us food, we, we obviously are going to pr 
provide for, or ask that he provides other things that we need. Um, and we're also called to, to let elders know and to come in and pray for those who are sick. So it's not to say we don't pray for those things, but that should not be the limit of our prayer. Um, Jesus also talks about forgiving our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. We talked about when we recognize we're sinners that we come in and we pray and that as we corporately worship, we want to pray confessing our sins and acknowledging that, that we recognize that we stand before God not in our own merits and our own um, getting rewarded for the good that we've done, but that we are sinners who come out of need and that we come to him. But Jesus gives us three petitions in the very beginning of this prayer. That God's name would be holy, hallowed, that his kingdom would come, and that his will would be done. And these are aspects I'm not sure weigh as heavily in our hearts when we pray. When we we go to pray, I'm not sure that these three things that Jesus himself mentions first are foremost in our minds. And so I want to give attention there, not saying we don't pray for everything else, but to remind us who could very quickly um, go over these three to get to the daily bread and forgiving us part, that these things are important to our prayers as well. So um, first is that God's name would be hallowed, um, that it would be held with reverence, that it would be set apart from what's ordinary, that we would realize that when we're talking about God, that um, we are talking about one who is different than us, and that the holiness of God would, would come through um, with everyone and everything. We, we, we tend to hold God lightly. I can remember speaking on... Um, um, the Ten Commandments, and and talking about taking God's name in vain. And I I use the reference of when someone uses a profanity using God's name, how incredibly offensive it is. And often the the phrase used when somebody just says flippantly Jesus' name or or curses calling on God's name, that I say that that's taking his name in vain. And somebody would say, but I don't mean anything by it. And I say, that's the definition of vain. <laughs> you're, you're using God's name, and you have no intent or purpose or meaning that, that it has the weight and the holiness of who this God is. So when we're talking about God's name being holy, is that we recognize we don't make jokes about Jesus. We, we, don't, we don't carry lightly God's name. And because it's that, it's also anything associated with God's name, anything by which God reveals himself to us ought to be kept with a certain amount of reverence and respect. Um, Anybody who follows my Instagram feed, well, I'll refer to our Washington, D.C. trip, is all the memorials around. And it was the idea that you won't have some reverence and respect. And I just noticed how difficult it was for any of the kids um, in other groups, not ours, to, to have any sense of respect because we're just so flippant about everything and that we, we don't take anything with weight and heaviness. And so we ought to, I mean, you know, there, there's almost a sense of if someone holds 
anything as serious and weighty, they're made fun of because we've lost any sense of reverence. How much more so should the God who made us and the God who redeemed us be held with respect and reverence and holiness? And so we're praying that that is what takes place. We're praying that we recognize God's holiness and everything associated with God. So when we come to this table, we don't just do it because that's what we do, and we, we do this every Lord's Day, but we recognize this is sacred, and we come with a reverence, and we come with a respect, that when we hear God's Word, when we read God's Word, when we intend to it, does it hit us with the appropriate reverence that this is not just like any other book out of the library. This is God's Word to us and deserves to be heard with the respect and the reverence it deserves. We're praying that we hear that. We pray that other people hear that. And when it's shared, it's held with that same sanctity, that same reverence, and that same holiness. The, the Lord's day that he's given us, that he has said, this is mine. Do, we, do you have any sense that this day is any different than any other day of the week? You know, that, that we hold a reverence and respect for the time God has given us to say, this is my day for rest to keep it sanctified, to keep it holy, that as we worship together. And so we pray that our own attitudes would be this. We pray that others would pick up on this attitude. I mean, I would, I would hope that any of us, um, that if, if someone was to use flippancy, would, would catch on that we don't do that. We don't, we don't um, that we hold a reverence to who Jesus is, who God is, and, and everything associated with him and by which he reveals himself. We pray for God's name to be glorified and spread and made holy. We also pray that God's kingdom would come, that we're praying for things to be made right. And in, in, in some sense, all of the things that bother us about life, the injustice, the oppression, the, the pain and the sorrow, the difficulties that people face, the things we see on the news of the, the, the way people hurt others, that we're praying that God's perfect peace and God's perfect justice would be restored into this world. And so to pray for God's kingdom come is to bring all of that into our prayers. And so as we pray for this, that means we're praying against the work of the evil one. Um, had a... Um, a dinner with an Orthodox priest, and the, the other person at the table with me was doing a, a paper on exorcisms. I have interesting dinner conversations, just go with it. So, <laughs> but I thought what the, what the priest said, well, he was kind of, um, you know, poking at the Catholics for uh, marketing it really well. That's another story. But what I really enjoyed was he said, there's a sense in which we're spreading God's kingdom. Everything we do is an exorcism. And I love that idea that to pray for God's kingdom is to pray against the kingdom of darkness. We're praying against the evil one. So that means that in our prayers, we're looking at specific things. You know, we, we, we often pray for those in the military, those who are law enforcement, the first responders, those on the front line, those who are working in the justice system, all of these who are praying to be God's agent of, of the civil government to work against the kingdom of darkness. I mean, doesn't that change the way you pray about um, folks when you're thinking, God, help them overcome the darkness in this world. Help them fight against the evil one. 
And it's also the way we pray that, that the evil that we see around us would be overturned. That when we hear lies being spread, when we hear of things that are hurting others, that we pray that those would cease and that we'd stop and that the kingdom of God would spread, which, among other things, means that we're praying for all of our work to advance and be effective in sharing the gospel and building up others. You know, if we're remembering that what we're doing is advancing God's kingdom, that we're praying that every Sunday school lesson would be a way of building God's kingdom in your life. We're praying for the work of the church. And so as you pray, do you pray for your deacons, your elders? Do you pray for me? Do you pray that the work we do, our programs and the things that we plan, are you praying that they will be effective? Are you praying that God's kingdom would spread? You know, I, I, I pray for specific people to come to know the Lord. That's praying for the spread of God's kingdom. Do you have people in your life that you know are not believers? Every time you pray your kingdom come, you're asking God, build them into the kingdom, draw them into your kingdom, let them know faith and come in. Build up believers as you spread and grow in faith. That we're, we're, we're praying that all that we do would in some way be kingdom-building activity. And if that involves boiling crawfish, we pray that God blesses the crawfish, the fish fry, to draw people into a community where they know they're loved and they, they receive the gospel in that place. Are you praying for the work of the church? Are you praying against the evil one? And then it is that we pray for God's will to be done. God's will is that we love one another and that we love him. You realize everything we complain about is opposition to God's will. We, we, we dislike greed. Greed is against God's will. We, we dislike people not telling the truth. He said, don't bear false witness. Uh, the, God's law is the, his will, but every bit of it shows his love, that he wants us to be honest. He wants us to be faithful. He wants us to serve one another. He wants us to be humble. He wants us to put the needs of others before our own needs. That's what God's will is, and that we would come to know Christ and repent and turn to him in faith, that this is what his will is. And so we pray that these things would take place. We, we pray First of all, that we have to know God's will. God, what would you have me do? Help me to understand this book of how I can obey. Help me understand this book of, of how I trust in Jesus and who he is that I trust in him. Help me have enough wisdom to discern your will in this situation in my life. We're praying for God's will that we would do it, that we would be obedient to it. We're praying for God's will that our leaders would do it, that our neighbors would do it, that we would all know and follow, because doing that is what brings about his kingdom, is, is that he's going to do this, this is what his kingdom will be like, is when everyone is obedient, knowing his will and doing his will as quickly as the angels obey in heaven. All of this on earth as it is in heaven. This should reshape our prayer list. We, we don't just kind of think about what's burdening us immediately, but we start thinking of, God, be glorified. How can we be glorified in these events? How can I be used to, to, be glor to glorify you? How are you advancing your kingdom? How is your will being done? 
not, not just make me safe and make me well, but make us doing what you have called us to do and do, being who you call us to be. And so if that not only reshapes our prayer, but part of that is it reshapes us. Jesus says not to be hypocrites, not to use a whole bunch of empty phrases and just heaping up lots of words. And so our prayer is meaning that we're not merely going through a list. We're not merely giving these words of this is what we're asking for, got this, got this, got this. But that is that our whole heart, our, our affections, our will is on board with our words. That we're not just saying the words apart from being invested in all of this. So I don't just say the words, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. But my prayer means all of who I am is poured into that. And if I'm not going to be a hypocrite, and if I'm going to really put my will and my heart and my creativity and my imagination and my time with that prayer, it means my deeds also follow. So I have to ask myself, am I doing God's will? Can I pray for God's will to be done and then turn around and reject what I know God to desire? Can I, can I pray that God's will be done and then go out and do what I want to do and essentially with my life say, I really want my will to be done. I don't care so much about your will unless it kind of happens to fall in line with mine. But I want to do what I want to do. Or do we bend our knee to what God directs us to in his word and doing his will? That is what prayer is. It's not just that I say these words, but that my heart is seeking his will to do it. Am I working for his kingdom to come? That it's not merely words that I say, but am I, am I seeking ways to build up the body, to encourage brothers and sisters, to, to share the gospel, to invite others into his kingdom? Are we, are we doing things to not only say your kingdom come, but I want to see it in my life. I want to see it in this community. I want to see it worked out here that we're really praying that we would do this. And because of that, that his name would be hallowed. Do, do we keep with reverence the things of worship, his word to us and who he is? All of this, as we pour our life in, not to be hypocrite, but to pray with not only our words, but with our lives is not just because Jesus gives us another to-do list. It's not just that here's kind of these things that flow nicely. It's because they themselves are shaping our life and our will and our imagination and all of who we are to the gospel. For this is the gospel, that, that God has come in Christ that his name would be glorified as he has overcome sin on the cross, as he has come to reestablish his kingdom by defeating the enemy on the cross. And his kingdom is others coming and knowing and doing his will. And so our prayer is very much an outworking of the gospel in our own minds, in our own thoughts, in our own lives. Now unto him who is able to do more than we can ask or imagine, be honor and glory and power forever. Amen. Would you please stand and let us stay what we believe through the words of the Apostles' Creed. <clears throat>